0: Okay. Last segment of the night. This one is for season six, episode eight with the theme of role models of failure. This is number six, offensive, brutal honesty. And I just wanted to add that, uh, David is over there across the, uh, Hogan and he's grooming himself. I can hear him licking himself. So I just, it's been a while since I heard a cat, you know, really just, uh, making cat noises, basically. So anyways, I just thought it was pretty neat. Anyways, uh, so let's get back to this um, offensive brutal honesty. This segment is about how sometimes brutal offensiveness is a great teacher and learning tool for those who avoid confrontations and what it's like for those who call out leaders on their lies or mistakes. Perfect example would have been uh, this past – uh, chapter meeting, the, um, there was a lady there, one of the community members, she was getting upset about the Clagatill veterans, Clagatill, yeah, Clagatill veterans organization commander saying that he's insensitive and he did not let her finish her, um, her, I guess not her pitch, but just basically what she was trying to let him know about, um, in regards to her mother, just trying to get a stove for her home since her mother was, I think she said her mother was a, a veteran or she was the spouse of a veteran. And the young, the little lady herself, she's not a veteran, but she's married to a uh, a, a veteran. I think it was a Navy veteran. So anyways, that is where I, I was thinking back to when last month when the Klagato veterans organization had their meeting. And that's when the uh, Navajo veteran network president tried to schedule a meeting at the same time. I was like, damn, it's not going to work, man. You know, you got to let us know ahead of time, not just bring it up on us all of a sudden, you know? So anyways, that's where, um, that's where that lady really got after the Clagato veteran commander. And, I don't remember how he shut her down, man, but, oh man, that pissed her off. And I was just looking at her. She just gave him that Navajo death glare and I was like, oh, there it is in action, man. But, um, also she was also didn't want the two guys to argue. Oh no, it was three of them. I think, okay. It was the guy, the the Marine veteran who was working with the ARPA thing, the secretary and the commander, all those three were kind of like, kind of going back and forth at each other because the uh, Marine was saying, well, are you going to do it? Are you going to write the letter? And they were saying, no, no, I'm not. And then he even asked the vice commander, he's like, are you going to do it? She goes, no. He goes, well, then we'll do it my way. And that's where it really pissed off the other two and then that's where the other lady jumped in. She goes, you guys, stop it, stop it. And, um, later, if we do, if I do make it to the next meeting, I was going to make it to this past one. But like I said, you know, they had to go pick up David while his, uh, while his masters are moving. Anyways, uh, um, I want to tell that lady it's point of order, not stop it. You know, just so you know, you know, if that ever comes up again, say point of order, point of order, And, you know, they got to stop right there, you know, but, um, so the brutal honesty, you know, you could tell this lady's full of it. And then I've already talked about how my mom was just tearing into the, uh, the Clagato chapter, um, board, not board members, but the off officials, here we go. And every time my mom runs into like one of the younger people, she's like, oh, who are your parents? Who's your mom? What's your clan? Where are you from? And I try to tell her, just leave them alone, man. But you know, for her, that's an itch that she has to scratch, you know, she, she's got to find out this information because, you know, eventually she'll forget later on. But, um, anyways, so that's where her, that's where her brutal honesty kind of, um, it kind of works in a way to where, she'll embarrass whoever that person is that she's addressing. But at the same time, I'm like, mom, be careful, man, because, um, you know, you're in witchcraft country. Don't forget, you know, these guys could easily come back after you and I can't always be there for you. So, you know, especially when you have me do all these errand runs about like, you know, doing dishes or getting chicken feed or traveling over here, or over there, get groceries and whatnot and pay the bills. But anyways, um, so going back to what I was saying here about the offensive, brutal honesty. Um, so, you know, I just talked about my mom and her, um, her chapter meetings and how she'll call out like lies or mistakes. And then, um, her mother was the same. Her mother, my, my must son, damn, that lady was always mean, man. She was always pissed, you know? And I'm surprised she lasted to like 105, possibly 106. Some people say she was 102. I was like, no, she was older than that, man. And uh, But anyways, so that old granny, damn, she was always pissed off. And I remember when me and my sister, middle sister, when we came back from Albuquerque, you know, we didn't speak any Navajo whatsoever. The only thing we knew was Huila. So when we'd come up to this Hogan, there's granny sitting here, and then she would be asking us, you know, where is your mom? Where did they go? When are they coming back? How come they didn't let me know? I wanted to go too, you know. When she was saying stuff like that, we just kept saying, damn, and then she even got even more pissed because, you know, we're like, telling her, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We don't fucking stop asking us. Damn it. We don't know, you know? So she would get all pissed off about that. And it's like, you know, as I slowly got into, uh, middle school, I could speak a little bit more. And then high school, you know, I would tell my granny, you know, I would say, uh, when she'd say, um, you know, where's your mom? And I'd be like, Oh, um, uh, what was it? What did I say? Um, what the hell did I tell her? Uh, oh, uh, ah, oh shit. How did he say? It? Oh, I was trying to say window rock. Um, fuck, I forgot he said. But anyways, I were like gallop. We'll just use gallop because I can't remember stupid window rock. Um, and I would say uh, uh eh, um, non george artist your son you know. And then, and then she would say, "Hey, Ah, you know, why is that? You know, and I, because I would tell her, oh, she went to Gallup, you know, or, or I would say Winter Rock, you know, uh, <clears throat> but anyways, she would be like, you know, why, how come she didn't take me? And then I'd just say like, um, uh, uh, what was it? Um, uh, uh, uh um, shit, how did I say it? I, uh, I, uh, Binda, okay. Binda, um, uh, Bishada, um, fuck. How did I say it? Anyways, I I basically said that, you know, my mom caught a ride with her sister. So then I even pissed off granny even more. I was like, well, fuck you then, man. I'm trying to explain it to you. If that's just going to piss you off, why am I standing here talking to you? So, you know, I just, I just had granny ramble on and I just walked off. I said, Oh, fuck this. <laughs> you know, it's just too much. But, um, so that was an old lady, no filters, you know? And then what, the other thing that kind of really makes me think of like, a offensive, brutal honesty, you know, I think of Donald Trump now I'm like, Oh shit. So yeah, he did call out people and he, you know, they would ask him questions and he would be totally brutally honest, but the fact that he didn't cuddle them is where they turned on him they're like oh well he's a racist because he didn't answer this question or he's a he's a feminist or he's he's anti-gay or whatever the hell you know they they throw on him and then now i compare that to the way um his um what was that oh what the fuck you call that person the white house secretary um staff secretary secretaries oh shit. Anyways, uh the secretary position. I remember it used to be Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And that lady looked like a real bitch, you know, and I kind of thought she was a little bit hot at the same time, but um I was like, "Damn, this lady's such a bitch." But now I compare Sarah Huckabee Sanders to Corrine Jean-Pierre. And that lady's just always always just saying, you know, just deflecting the questions, and that's what's really like annoying but it's also a masterclass. So I just, I try not to watch those videos on YouTube, but you know, sometimes they'll make a reference to it. And she's like, start saying, well, I can't answer that question. I'm not going to answer that question. And she gets paid $180,000 a year to say stupid shit like that. And I'm like, damn, man, that'd be pretty cool to be uh, one of those people. And, uh, um, the, you know, oh, shit, the secretary of, fuck man. (laughs) What the hell was it? I know it was just right here, man. Staff secretary, secretary of staff, uh, media. Damn. It's going to come back to me later. But anyways, doing that, speaking, you know, to the news reporters in that press room, uh, that, you know, you're making a hundred thousand dollars or $180,000 a year. Shit, man. I figure that would be pretty cool if I got up there and I said, oh, and if somebody says, well, you know, you're, um, you're a spokesperson for Biden or press secretary. That's the damn word I was thinking of. You're the press secretary for Joe Biden. You know, why did he do this and that? And I'm like, well, dude, truthfully, man. Um, you know, ah, shit. I'd be like, well, they, I guess he just, um, he misspoke or, I'll, I'll ask him, man, just, just hold on. I, you know, I'll, I'll find out that question for you. But at the same time, that's it, kind of stupid. So now I see why that Corrine Jean-Pierre says the shit that she says. So it's like really interesting, man. I was like, damn, I'd sure like to give it a shot though, man. And even if I don't last one whole year, at least I'll be getting some money. I'm like, oh shit, at least, you know, I got some, uh, white house credibility or whatever. Anyways. Um, so then the other thing was that, um, as far as brutal, offensive, brutal honesty, uh, going against, uh, role models of failure is, um, that sometimes my family, we just don't have a filter. We just, we think things and we say it. And my two older brothers were just like that, man. And as I started to get older, I realized, my older sister's like that. And then uh, our middle brother's like that. He's like the fucking, he's, he's, he's just the worst one, man. Cause you know, you think, Oh, this guy's, he's an idiot. But uh, I'll give you an example. Um, We were working with the uh, Clagato chapter house and he was helping me put the roof on the, uh, that stone building, which is still under construction, by the way. It's nothing's really happening with it. And the, at the time the Clagato veterans, I mean the Clagato chapter house, their president, he was, um, he's always acting all fruity and gay, trying to make these gay jokes. And, and, you know, excuse me, I got tired of it, but my brother could keep up and he would throw back at him. And one of the final things that, that pissed off the president, which he never came back again was, he said something about being gay or he made fun of me or my brother. I don't remember. But just then his phone rang. So he, he grabbed his phone. He he uh, flipped it open and he put it close to his ear and he goes, what did he say? He goes, hello or something like that. And my brother right there real quick, he goes, hey, damn man we started laughing our asses off and that president he got all hurt i'm like well you know you shouldn't be doing all this gay shit all this talking and then like my late older brother the one that died from um kidney failure he was uh two times he was like he just happened to make an inappropriate joke at the right time we stopped by uh my sister's friend's place uh and that girl, she, she, she was an adoptive parent, but, uh, one of the kids, his eyes rolled up and it never came back down. So they thought it was child abuse. So they took away her kids and she was under surveillance for a long time. And then, so my brother, you know, a late older brother, he liked to flirt. So he saw her and he was looking at her and he goes, uh, so she was standing by the passenger side. I was on the passenger side and then my sister was driving. So my sister was talking to her and our older brother was sitting behind us and the kids were in the back. And then right before we were about to leave, our older brother looked at her and he goes, Oh, and by the way, we're up for adoption. And I was like, Oh fuck dude, don't say that shit to her, man. She just went through this whole shit with the kids being taken away from, uh, you know, the foster home and all that shit. And she's been under investigation, barely got over it, you know? And, um, so afterwards me and my sister, we told him, damn, he shouldn't have said that. Cause this is, this is what happened to her. And he's like, oh, well, I didn't know. I was like, of course he didn't know. We didn't even know you're going to say that shit, man. And I was like, and then, then another time me and my late older brother, we stopped by one of our relatives place in Tordjali. And one of the, um, one of the brothers came out and my, my brother was just talking to him and he goes, cause he was driving. I was, I was on the passenger side again. And then uh, he goes, oh, so where's your brother so-and-so? And he goes, oh, I don't know. I think he's inside. And then my brother goes, um, uh, he goes, oh, is he still trying to put on his high heels? And I was like, oh, shit, because the older brother, he was he was a cross-dresser. <laughs> and, I, and then after we left, I told my brother, I said, damn, you know what? I didn't even know you were going to say that. But the other brother, he is gay. You know, he does cross-dress. So when you said – is he putting on his uh, um his high heels then yeah you fucking call them out on it and you know and then like with me you know there's um you know I sometimes I forget that not everybody's raised with brutal honesty and there are some offensive things that I find funny that other people don't but a few people do and like one time on on Facebook I posted this picture of um those baby changing stations, there was a pentagram with a circle around. It says, "Place sacrifice here. And then at the bottom of it, it says all hail Satan. So I said um, on Facebook, I posted it up and I said, um, I mean, I wrote down, well, football season's here and it's time for people to start doing their rituals for, so their team can win. And then there's this Navajo Christian. She goes, that's not funny. You know, and I wrote back to her, I said, well, I didn't make it, you know, but, uh, there were some people who cracked up on it. So, you know, there's all types of, uh, things that, uh, I want to explain more, but damn, man, my time's already running out 17 minutes gone by. So, uh, I was go ahead and wind start winding down. But this was, uh, the subject matter I wanted to talk about role models, um, of failure, you know, Everything is collapsing, falling down, and uh, I'm, a, I'm in support of it and I'm all, you know, uh, and I just want to capture it in this moment on the podcast. So with that being said, um, that's going to do it for this episode of the Clagato Veteran Podcast. I hope, you know, you were kind of like entertained with uh, some of the thoughts that I've been talking about and maybe you might, you know, see that going on and hopefully you'll be aware of it. Maybe catch it, stop it, or do whatever you can to... Make sure it doesn't affect you that bad. But other than that, thank you, horn, to- horn Toad listeners for tuning in, man. I greatly appreciate it. Other than that, I'm going to shut my big fat yapper now and uh, let you all go and enjoy your whatever you're going to do. Other than that, for the Clacketail Veteran Podcast and on behalf of the Navajo Veteran Network, I've been your host, Mateo Native Ravager, saying yee-ya, see ya.